We've had a rough week. We've had a long, painful week. Both within our community, as our beloved Arthur Freed, Karen, mourn the loss of Arthur's father, Kurt, and the Romamu community extended itself to support them. And within our national family, with yet another week of turmoil and trauma, pain, and unfortunately, politics. Still reeling, all of us are, from the shock of hurricanes and natural disasters, still mourning the horror of Sandy Hook as these children play here in our sanctuary. We have the Boston Marathon bombing, an explosion in Texas, and chaos everywhere. We must also add to that the shame of what transpired in Washington, where politics once again trumped common sense and lies foiled a plan to move towards sanity and responsibility with regard to our epidemic of gun violence. So with all of this pain and confusion, this chaos, it's important for us to come here tonight to remind ourselves of what matters most. To remind ourselves to search for that stable core, our ground and our identity. Tonight is a zikaron, the ma'aseb reshit. Tonight is a remembrance of that creative life within each and every one of us that births tomorrow. Aaron, the high priest, also had a rough week. In an eerie parallel, this week we read a double portion, Achare Mos Kedoshim, Achare Mos refers to the death of Aaron's two children, Nadav and Avia, which took place weeks ago in Parshat Shemini. They had brought an Eish Zara, a foreign fire, an, an alien fire. And in the contents of this week's reading, both in Achare Mos and Kiddoshim in Holiness Code, we have a one-two punch, as I wrote this week. The rabbis invite us into the heart of religion, the heart of the religious impulse, what it is that beats, that keeps synagogues and mosques and churches and Unitarian Universalist churches, what is at the heart of this thing? Acharemos Kiddoshim. Acharemos literally means after the death, after the trauma, the surprise, the unexpected, the unpredictable, the chaotic, after that which you could not have foreseen has transpired. The Torah will then enumerate Yom Kippur, a ritual of forgiveness. It will tell us also about the sanctity of animal life and how we are to slaughter animals, how we are to relate to that life force 
It will then give us a series of holiness practices known as kiddoshim. The myriad of laws and ethics and practices that enact our compassion. Acharei mos kiddoshim, say the Hasidic masters, after the trauma of death, there is kiddoshim. Kiddoshim, kiddushah, is reverence for life. Acharei mos, after death, and the Yom Kippur ritual, bevo el hakodesh, when you will come into the holy places, the Torah is in attenuating ourselves to a reverence for life, what Albert Schweitzer called a reverence for life. The two things that matter most, acharei most in Kedoshim, are a reverence for life and ethics and values that are based on a compassion that flows from that reverence. That's it. That's all that matters. Torah, beautiful. Ritual, beautiful. Shabbat, beautiful. All of the myriad pieces of our life that, that hold up the particularity of the Jewish tradition, of the tradition that we love and adore, all of it is beautiful, but at the heart. Reverence for life and an ethics and values that flow from that reverence. Instilling those values in our children, keeping that reverence for life is what it's all about. These things that I teach you today, walk in them, sit in them, sleep in them. Let these ethics and values that flow from a reverence for life be taught to your children. Albert Schweitzer writes, by having a reverence for life, we enter into a spiritual realm and a spiritual relationship with the world. By practicing reverence for life, we become good, deep, and alive. That's all there is. In his book, my name is Asher Lev. Chaim Potok tells a story discussing his own love of art. He writes, and I drew too, I drew the way that my father once looked at a bird lying on its side against the curb near our house. It was Shabbos and we were on our way back from synagogue. Is it dead, Papa? I was six and couldn't bring myself to look at it. Yes, I heard him say in a sad and distant voice. Why did it die? Everything that lives must die. Everything? Yes. You too, Papa and Mama? Yes. And me? Yes, he said. And then he added in Yiddish but may it be only after you live a long and good life, my Asher. I couldn't grasp it. I forced myself to look at the bird. Everything alive would one day be as still as that bird. Why, I asked. That's the way the Rabbanu Shal Olam made his world, Asher. 
Why? So life would be precious. Something that is yours forever, Asher, is never precious. I expect that many of you here tonight might answer the wise in a different way than the father in Chaim Potok's novel. But I want you to be able, and I want to be able, to look at a dead bird, to look at death, in a way that leads the child in me and the child in all of you to become more aware of life's preciousness. There was a religious educator, her name was Sophia Lyon Faz, and she uses an example during children's worship time, a time in which she asks the children to guess what the oldest thing in the room is. So some guess the furniture, some guess Mrs. Faz, <laughs> but her answer to the children is the water in the glass on the table. She's not using the lesson to teach science. She's not interested in the water cycle, how water condenses and off the ocean and, and is dropped as rain. No, no, no. She's using the lesson to elicit awe, awesomeness. She wants to teach the children that awe mixed with sympathy is the recipe for reverence. That awe of life mixed with sympathy for that life, that's reverence. Italian poet Diego Valeri writes that people who have reverence are those who have an eye for a miracle. He writes, you who have an eye for miracles regard the bud now appearing on the bare branch of the fragile young tree. It is a mere dot, a nothing but already it's a flower, already a fruit, already its own death and its own resurrection. However we name it, we need the mixture of awe and sympathy to birth reverence. Kiddushah. Acharei mos. Kiddushim. And the second most important matter is to develop a set of values and an ethic for living that is based on that reverence. That is what it means, Kiddoshim Tihiyu. Ki Kadosh Ani Adunai Eloichem. Be holy for I am holy. I am that which is revered. I am that which is mysterious. And live your life with an ethics and a value system that emerges from compassion and love. The story is told by the Buddhists that a mother brought her beloved son who had died and carried his body to the Buddha and asked if he could not tell her how she might bring her son back. He told her to gather a handful of mustard seed and bring it back to him. But he said there is one caveat. The mustard seed must be taken from a home that has never known death. The woman searched for a long time and she found no home that had never known death. What she did find, though, instead, was a sympathy for herself and in herself a sympathy for others.
We call that loving kindness, chesed. These flow from reverence, and they are the basis of a life lived honoring life. Albert Schweitzer, one more time. I can do no other than be reverent before everything that is called life. I can do no other than to have compassion for all that is called life. That is the beginning and the foundation of all ethics. One last story. A true story that took place in World War, before World War II. A Quaker woman came to work as a nurse in a small Catholic village in Poland. There were no other nurses or doctors there, so the Quaker nurse did just about everything. She birthed babies. She tended the sick, and she set broken bones, and she cared for the dying. So she stayed for the year, and it was good work. Plenty, of do, plenty to do. And by the time the second year rolled around, she stayed a second year and a fourth year and a tenth year. And by then, the villagers stopped counting. The Quaker nurse was practically one of them. The villagers loved her. Those first babies she had delivered, they turned into fine young men and fine young women. Their aging mothers came to her with confidences and hot chicken pot pies. And then one day, the Quaker nurse died. The villagers needed a place to say their goodbyes and bury the body so she could rest in peace. But the village was a small one and it had only one cemetery, a Catholic one. You couldn't bury a Quaker nurse in a Catholic cemetery. It was illegal. It was against the rules. There was nowhere for her to go, or so it seemed. The villagers got together. They asked one another, what could be done? And after much deliberation, they decided to bury the Quaker nurse just outside the cemetery's wall. A stone wall that had been there for centuries. It was the best that they could do. The young men dug the grave. The villagers said their goodbyes. They had loved her. Some of them even cried. And then as the sun began to set, slowly they walked back to their homes. Darkness came. All was quiet, except for one sound. It was an odd sound, and it was coming out of the cemetery. If you listened very carefully, you could tell it was the sound of stone scraping against stone. And there was another sound, too. The sound of labored breathing. The young men and young women were moving the stones of the cemetery wall. They worked in silence, breathing hard, and with the help of their mothers and their fathers. When the sun came up the next day, it turned out that the Catholic cemetery in the little Polish village was just a bit larger than it had ever been before. <laughs> and as for how it got that way, when the villagers were asked, no one seemed to know. But the next night, all of the villagers, even the Quaker nurse, rested in peace. Moving ancient stones requires the power of love. 
my dear friend Amichai Lau-Levy, a deep educator, artist, visionary, and thinker who founded a group called Storytelling, sent out his weekly Torah teaching this week. This week commemorated his 30th bar, the 30th anniversary of his bar mitzvah. And Amichai reflected on what it was like for him as a young gay man who didn't yet know that he was gay, but who was also the son of a prestigious Orthodox Israeli family whose uncle was the chief rabbi of Israel, to have as his Torah portion this Torah portion which prohibits male homosexuality and labels homosexuals an abomination. He writes, I am no abomination. This Shabbat, he writes, in sanctuaries where same-sex marriage was made legal this week, even in places like New England, New Zealand rather, the same verses from Leviticus will be chanted. The same verses from Leviticus will be chanted, and we may not change the word of Torah, but we can, he writes, and should change the way we read Torah, the way that we accept Torah whether we agree with Torah. If we begin with loving kindness and a reverence for life and our ethics and our actions flow from that place, we can move stones. If we teach our children awe and sympathy and then guide them in the way of expressing that awe and sympathy we become good, we become deep, and we are alive. My son, Bear, yesterday discovered, much to my chagrin and my wife's chagrin, that his little fish that he had been taking care of for a number of months died. I neglected to, it's my fault. And he has such, as all children do, has such an innate sympathy for life. And so he started to cry. He said, yeah, I don't want another one. I want only that one. <laughs> and if we could whisper into all of our children's ears tonight, whether in Boston, in Texas, around the world, in the inner cities, right here where we where we don't announce on a weekly basis, but we should, the atrocities that happen, the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of lives that will be lost over the coming years because of insane, insane policies. If we could whisper in each other's ears, what kind of world do you want to see? Forget about your rights for a moment, but what kind of world do you want to see? What policies, what actions, what ethics, what values would emerge from an amazing awareness with awe and with reverence? Are we really alive? We would whisper in our children's ears, mos kedoshim. The answer to the despair 
of life is its reverence, its holiness, and those actions that flow from that place. May more tolerance, more progress and compassion, new readings of old truths help us all live up to our highest aspirations and make this a more holy, healthy, and happy world. And may the coming days remind us of the power of life, the power of the reverence and sympathy that we all share. Amen.